0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Drone Insights and Technology, a Conexacore podcast. We're going to be talking about real-world topics that will uncover the business of commercial drones and the applications that drive this exciting market. Your host for the series is Frank Seguera, CEO and founder of Conexacore, one of the leading industry drone service providers. With each episode, we will be talking with industry thought leaders about how commercial drones are being used right now in all types of vertical markets to save time, save money, and keep workers safe. As a reminder, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest episodes. And now, with no further ado, is our host, Frank Seguera. All right. Greetings, everybody.
1: Welcome to another episode of Drone Insights in Technology, a podcast by Conexacore. I'm your host, Frank Seguera, and I'd like to thank our audience for joining us today to learn more about commercial drone applications and the technology that is powering its widespread adoption. Today, we're going to talk about reality capture technologies such as laser scanning, drone imaging, and how it can provide some of the most reliable existing condition data sets. Our guest today is Jared Curtis, co-owner and president of Existing Conditions, a company based out of Boston who provide 21st century building documentation through reality capture technologies. Jared, thank you for your time and welcome to our show. Thank you, Frank. Great to be on the program. It's great to have you. Okay, let's jump right into our discussion, but before we do, and I have to admit, When I was first introduced to your company, I thought the name Existing Conditions was interesting and quite intriguing, and more or less, it summed up in two words what your company was about. I thought that was really cool. So kudos on the name of the company. Thank you. Jared, before we talk about what you're doing today, can you share a little bit about your background and walk us through what you did prior to Existing Conditions?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks again for having me on, Frank. To go. Back five or 10 years, I graduated from Cornell University's College of Architecture, Art and Planning, where I earned a degree in architecture from one of the top programs in the country. And while I was there focused on technology and its impact on the future of the building industry. Straight out of school, I co-founded a company with a team out of MIT to focus on ways to bring down the cost of producing housing, especially affordable and middle-income housing in the Northeast of the United States. And more recently, I've worked in real estate development and private equity, helping to reposition existing buildings and vacant historic structures into real estate developments that can produce affordable housing, apartments and apartment communities for people with normal paychecks, not necessarily luxury housing. And in that process, I worked pretty extensively with my now partner, Kurt yeh and the company Existing Conditions as a whole. So I was a client of this firm prior to joining full-time in early 2020. So I'm a big believer in the product and I've received a ton of value out of it over the course of my career. Well, that's terrific.
1: So you have a very heavy architectural background and you understand the engineering
2: world. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm the son of two architects and urban planners. And so that was always a big part of my life growing up. And more recently I figured out a few different ways to be involved in the world of architecture, engineering, and the building industry. And I'm really really excited about the direction that our industry is headed. That's outstanding. Can you talk to me specifically about your
1: journey into drone technology? And how you were introduced to it and ultimately existing conditions, the company. I mean, you just said that you were a client of theirs.
2: How did you get introduced into the drone technology component? So in terms of what the impact of drone technology has been on our industry niche, which is documenting the existing conditions of the built environment, new tech such as drones offers new levels of speed and accuracy. But... Most building industry professionals really can't afford to buy an expensive tool if they're only going to use it occasionally. And as a result, that's created a widening skills gap and a growing market opportunity for professionals and companies such as Connecticore or existing conditions to help building professionals solve the problems and the challenges that they're facing without necessarily needing to become a licensed pilot or needing to learn how to use some of these complicated tools. And in terms of the impact of drone technology on the work that we do, drones increasingly allow us to access spaces that otherwise would be dangerous, difficult, or inaccessible for our teams to accurately document the main service that we're providing when we get on a job site is to perform terrestrial laser scanning so we're using a laser scanning piece of hardware that is typically mounted on a tripod and gathering data from the ground but you could imagine a rooftop that is not safe to put a tripod on or very difficult to access A drone enables us to get eyes and to gather data about that space without having to physically put boots on the ground up on that rooftop. So drone technology allows for another type of survey in our toolbox and also allows us to perform work at higher elevation. So exterior work on high-rise facades, for instance, which is an increasingly important market for us.
1: Yes, I agree. In fact, we're seeing the adoption of a lot of our clients bringing drones into their workflow increasing each month when they see the value of putting an aircraft up in the air ahead of, we'll say, an engineer hanging from a cable or a swing stage or whatnot. We're also seeing construction companies adopting the technology for more than just pictures and video. We often talk to contractors that will call us and say, hey, can you give us a quote to uh, provide some drone services? And when we peel back the onion further, we find out that the drone services that they're really looking for are purely image and video, progression monitoring. And when we start to talk about point clouds and 3D imaging and being able to integrate with BIM, the contractors that have the engineering kind of professionals dealing with us, they never thought it existed. So we we often find ourselves in a training mode. Now, considering some of our audience understands our topic today, and some of them are here to learn, at a high level, can you articulate how businesses actually benefit from reality capture and what are the particular deliverables that are produced by
2: lasers and drones within your firm? Absolutely. Well, we like to say that we're the eyes in the field for our clients. And at the end of the day, They have to ask themselves, does being right matter to me? Does really knowing what I'm working with matter? And the answer is usually yes. And as a result, many different types of clients, whether it's an architect, a building owner, a general contractor, an engineer, or any other type of commercial real estate professional or professional in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry, they trust the experts at existing conditions and firms like ours. They are looking to leverage our experience, leverage our equipment, leverage our expertise. And by doing so, they're empowered to be able to have a truly accurate set of data about their building. Our work is always driven by the client's scope. So we establish early on in the process what would be most valuable for the client team, and then we work to deliver that. And that really varies depending on the project. Sometimes that is a basic set of floor plans and an exterior elevation of a building, maybe drafted up in 2D CAD or more common drafted in Revit in three dimensions. But often clients will have us produce documentation at a higher level of detail. They need reflected ceiling plans or RCPs. They might need section drawings cut through the building. They might need us to even get above the ceiling plenum and document mechanical, electrical, plumbing, or fire protection systems that are hidden by a drop ceiling. Or they might have a mechanical room with just a myriad of systems that are weaving in and out of each other, and there's really no, no good way to try to document that space by hand. So they leverage the tools that we have and the experience that we've built over the past 23 years helping professionals in the building industry implement solutions to the most complicated problems that they face
1: and are you finding the deliverables that you're providing them with regards to let's say the file types so for point clouds .las are they able to integrate those file types into their existing subsystems
2: I would say more often than not, they are. Yeah, Frank. And a a big part of that is the way that the building industry is moving. The building industry is increasingly dependent upon accurate digital models of the built environment. Right. And the old way of doing things is over. Uh, Innovation is disrupting legacy practices and creating massive opportunities for firms like Connexacore and Existing Conditions. And and what I mean by that is despite operating within the world's largest asset class, unfortunately many architects and owners and developers still rely on quote unquote legacy technology, which in our industry really means old plans printed on paper, maybe scanned into a PDF and shared in an email. Sure. And most firms are Begrudgingly, but knowingly accepting the inherent risks of using inaccurate representations of their buildings, even accepting the hand measurements of well intentioned architectural interns or junior members of a development team. And every day, major decisions are being based off of assumptions and guesswork. And it's somewhat become the status quo in the industry. But that limits the capability of both market leaders and smaller businesses in the industry to thrive in what is an increasingly digitally native world. So we see the use of paper drawings and of inaccurate building documentation really becoming unacceptable uh, in the near future. Expectations have changed and the status quo is no longer good enough because the stakes are simply too high to rely on iffy existing drawings. And at the end of the day, it's just unacceptable to invite needless liability into a deal. Sure. And we're seeing more
1: uh, more project managers walking around with a tablet than walking around with a giant roll of blueprints in many construction sites today, for sure. Yeah. And that's a great thing to see. Yes. That shows that the industry's shifting, for sure. So as an architectural professional, are you seeing the drone data itself being integrated more into building information modeling or what is commonly called BIM? And how do you see it today being used by early adopters? That's a great question.
2: It is important to note that existing conditions is not an architect or an engineering entity. We're not stamping or certifying drawings in that sense. But what we really do is serve as an extension of teams of that sort. In, in effect, over the past 10 years, terrestrial laser scanning has reduced the time required to survey a building by a factor of 10, which has permanently disrupted previous methods like hand measurement and reuse of old drawings. And professional expectations in both the architecture, engineering, and construction world, as well as the commercial real estate world, are converging to what is already demanded in other areas of the economy. And what I mean by that is it's been driving a migration. These expectations have been driving a migration from the legacy solutions, drawings on paper, towards more specialized companies that can offer tailored solutions. So for us, our most common deliverable is to create a, a BIM model, a building information model, most often in Revit. Although we're pretty flexible, depending on what file format adds the most value to the client. Sometimes the most value is simply in a PDF summary that they can use to help guide a meeting about, you know, you can imagine an investment committee. They don't necessarily need to be right working through a Revit model. They often want more of the insights and the key takeaways in a PDF. But the reason why there's this migration from plans on paper to specialized companies that operate in a digital environment is that there's low to no risk of major errors, meaning the job is done right the first time around by professionals. And not only that, there's fair, transparent, and predictable pricing that has a rapid ROI for the different disciplines on the project team. And lastly, it allows for somewhat of a one-stop shop for a variety of building industry professionals needs. Right. So- Working in this digital environment enables firms like ours to be pretty agnostic as to what works best for the client because the data capture stage itself, where we have professionals who are out on site capturing millions upon millions of measurements about the space per minute, it gives us such a vast data set that we can really produce whatever the client needs within reason. Sure. Which is a
1: great segue for my next question. You mentioned earlier the old ways of doing things. Give us an overview of how the old ways of doing things were conducted. And is this old way of doing things over? Do you you see that period of old ways
2: pretty much subsiding? Unfortunately, I don't. And that's one of the reasons why we're trying to partner with firms like yours, spread the gospel of how valuable 3D laser scanning can be and how the costs in terms of dollars, but also in terms of man hours is a very, very quick return on investment and just almost a no-brainer. And and this is coming from somebody who was a client sure. of existing conditions in the past. So I've really experienced firsthand how architects and owners and developers can benefit from having laser-accurate documentation of their buildings. So when I talk about the old way of doing things, it really is... Putting physical pen on physical paper, using a tape measure, at most using a single point laser, which can, both of those tools, capture distance measurements in two dimensions. So it'll give you the distance from point A to point B. And that type of tool is really well suited for when you are trying to cut a piece of lumber to a correct length or position furniture or artwork, In a correct composition, maybe at most getting a basic set of measurements for a one bedroom apartment. But the funny thing about the built world is nothing is ever really truly at a right angle. Nothing is ever really truly at a perfect dimension. Buildings shift over time. And as a result, any error or deviation from a typical measurement, if you're compounding that over the course of not one apartment, but 25 apartments on a single floor plate of a building, those errors will just keep compounding. So even if it's off by half an inch or one inch here or there, by the time you get from unit one to unit 25, there are going to be major, major errors. A wall will be off by a foot from where it is in reality, or a column will be off by six inches. Those are things that really aren't worth the. Minor short-term cost savings of saying, "Oh, I don't want to hire a firm like ConnectCore or existing conditions because it's I don't need a professional to do this. I, I can do it myself with a tape measure or have my junior architect do it with a piece of graph paper and a single-point laser." Yes, but any short-term cost savings or time savings by doing it yourself. It just creates so much unnecessary risk in that if a column is off by six inches or a wall is off by nine inches, that is a major, major problem. If you're doing a repositioning of an asset or a renovation of a building, that could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could mean uh, project delays down the waterfall of the construction flow. And so we find more and more that Clients are just considering us their go to source whenever they need an existing condition survey of a building. Sure. We're almost the tip of the spear. We're the first ones out on site before the design process or the engineering process even gets started, because that way all of the different interdisciplinary teams that are working on the project are all working from a single sheet of music. They're working from the same set of assumptions. Right, right.
1: So, in your opinion, what has been the impact of drone technology? as well as scanning technology in the architectural engineering and construction industry. Has there been a big impact?
2: We're just at the cusp of an accelerating impact of drone technology in the industry, whereas terrestrial laser scanning has been more a part of the construction environment for the past 20 years. So it's a little bit later in its evolution than drones are currently in terms of commercial applications. Sure, But... What's really exciting for us is the ability for those tools not to replace each other or compete with each other, but for them to complement each other. Drones or unmanned aerial vehicles, as they're also called, really specialize in capturing data from the air, as the name suggests. Yes. Whereas terrestrial laser scanning really allows us to capture great data terrestrially from the ground. Sure. So in tandem with each other, Just to take a case study of a project that's on our books for later this quarter, we were approached to document the facade of a high-rise building in downtown Boston. And there are terrestrial laser scanning solutions that can capture great data. But just based on the nature of the tool, to understand what's going on on the 23rd floor of that residential high-rise building, you know, what is the real condition of the facade... Nothing beats being able to have a drone fly up and be five, ten feet away from that condition, photographing it in detail and documenting it in detail, and then combining those insights with what we're able to see from the ground. It really creates this comprehensive picture of what the existing conditions are of the building. And at the end of the day, it's just more valuable data, more accurate data, so that the project team can be confident in the decisions that they're making.
1: Sure. Yeah, and I often think that from just an outsider looking in perspective, looking at a laser scanner almost looks like a surveyor's transit. So it doesn't look out of place. When you see a flying unmanned aircraft circling a building, it definitely catches people's attention. You mentioned the the Boston project. How does your firm work with sensitive airspace? Do you have specialists that help you acquire uh, wide area authorizations or COAs to fly in
2: restricted airspace? We have multiple FAA licensed pilots on staff and the regulations in the commercial drone space are evolving many people are probably familiar with more high-profile endeavors by companies such as Amazon or UPS to employ drones into the logistics space. And there are some really interesting advancements being made there to make sure that that regulatory environment enables flights to be done safely and in a compliant fashion while still adding value to the supply chain. We work with all sorts of professionals Uh, as collaborators on our projects. And a big reason for that is we pride ourselves on being the experts in what we do. And a big part of that is not being afraid to constantly speak with clients, speak with our team members, with equipment suppliers, software suppliers, learning from other industries, learning from competitors and peer firms, and applying those best practices into our own workflows, constantly testing and iterating new ways of doing things better, doing things more safely, being willing to make mistakes within reason and collaborating with clients to move the conversation forward and help move the industry forward.
1: Sure. So to kind of reiterate my question, do you rely upon your pilot colleagues for their advice and their direction on acquiring airspace authorization? Because we work nationwide at Conexacore, we come across a plethora of airspace restriction areas. And quite often, our pilots will carry blanket waivers in in many areas of the country around airports, military facilities, nighttime operations. Do you also rely a little bit on your pilots to help direct you with regards to setting expectations for the client? So, for instance if you're in a zero AGL in Boston, you're going to have to apply for wide area authorization from the FAA and get the ATC to recognize that. The client might think that you can be out there next week, but in reality, that authorization process is quite lengthy. Is it the pilots that you're relying on your pilots internally, or do you have a specialized person for regulatory compliances and applying for those
2: waivers? That's a great question and a really important question because being able to execute on these types of projects safely is so important to making sure that the industry can continue growing and expanding and performing more and more ambitious projects. But in the case of existing conditions, we perform the, those types of compliance activities in-house. The head of our drone program, Joe Sullivan, is also one of the earliest employees of the company. So he has over 20 years of experience both managing client expectations, as you mentioned, making sure clients understand the regulatory environment, and that it can, in some instances, take up to 90 days to receive that FAA approval that you mentioned, although very often is is granted sooner than that. And that coordination with air traffic control is something that helps ensure safety on flights in many different areas of the country, especially urban areas. But we really rely on the professionalism of our team and the experience of our team, yeah. and we support them.
1: Outstanding. So Jared, let's get into some projects. Tell us about some of your marquee projects. Uh, You don't have to go through the whole list of them, but what are some really large projects that you're proud of where you've completed, you know, using reality capture technology and how did your customers actually use those deliverables?
2: That's a really tough one because we have so many to choose from, but just as an overview existing conditions documents over 40 million square feet of space per year Uh, this year that'll probably be closer to 50 million which is the equivalent of if you take one world trade center the freedom tower the, the iconic building in downtown manhattan that would be you know every year as if we documented that top to bottom every single square foot once per month So by using the latest laser scanning technologies, proprietary workflows that we've built over the years, highly trained staff who are our greatest resource, we've built an expansive portfolio of more than 5,000 buildings over the past 20 plus years. We've measured and modeled virtually every asset class and building type imaginable in every major market in the country. And and many abroad as well. The projects abroad that come to mind are the U.S. Embassy in Monrovia, Liberia, or the the Budapest Stock Exchange, an absolutely beautiful building. But uh, more locally, we've documented iconic structures such as Carnegie Hall or the New York Stock Exchange. We are currently wrapping up laser scanning, measuring, and modeling for the entire campus of Williams College, which is over 3 million square feet in the Berkshires, a beautiful part of Western Massachusetts. Oh, sure. We've also done a ton of work for Boston College in the city and really, really have built a great relationship with them. We have done work on government buildings, such as the U.S. Capitol Building, the Missouri State Capitol, parts of the Pentagon. And then... At the totally other end of the spectrum, we regularly perform work on historic structures. We've also documented the homes of many high-profile celebrities and dignitaries, people well-known as Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift. So we really cover it all from top to bottom.
1: Right, right. Wow, that's amazing. And do you find the your, your primary introduction into these types of clients Are they the architects, the contractors, or the actual stakeholders themselves? And are they preparing for a retrofit? And that's why they need to laser scan or do any type of drone scanning. So, Jared, when you're approached by your clients, are you finding that the people that are approaching existing conditions, are they the architects doing planning work for retrofit work, or are they the general contractor or are they the stakeholders themselves that just want to have an actual as-built scan of their existing conditions? How are you seeing the interaction between your clients and your company? Is it on a
2: contractor and architectural level or more of a client level? No, it's a great question and a good segue to me telling a little bit about the way the company was started because it's really a big part of the answer, I think. Our company's founder and CEO, Kurt Yeagan spent 13 years as an engineer in the U.S. Air Force, and he was specializing in existing building analysis and contingency preparedness. And after moving from the military to becoming an architect and working in private architectural practice, he realized that there was a major opportunity to take that way of thinking Take that analytical way of documenting the built environment and helping architects be able to start accurate and stay accurate on their projects, because he would see time and time again, an intern being sent out to the field with a pencil and a piece of paper and a lot of unpleasantness that comes out as a result of inaccuracies from that type of documentation method. And so Kurt founded the business, Existing Conditions Surveys Incorporated, back in the late 90s. And originally, we were working almost entirely with architects, really as an extension of their team, so that they could trust that the starting point for their design planning processes would be accurate from the jump. Over time, that set of clients became more diverse. Uh, we would work directly with the owners of buildings. We would work directly with developers who had a project under site control or who had acquired a building and hadn't yet chosen an architect or a general contractor, but still wanted to be basing their decision-making off of an accurate set of data. Sure. So today we have come from a place where in the beginning we were working almost entirely with architects, but our client pool today is really building industry professionals as a whole. So that includes architects, building owners, real estate developers, commercial real estate professionals like brokers, building engineers, general contractors, and even professionals such as those in the insurance industry who need accurate documentation of buildings.
1: Sure. All right. So, Jared, I typically like to ask this question as I wrap up most of our shows, but if there was one myth about our industry that you could debunk, what would that be?
2: If there was one myth in our industry that I would want to debunk, it is that getting an accurate digital version of the built environment is not an easy or obtainable task. There are firms such as existing conditions that have been creating digital versions of the built environment for 20 plus years on global media on a daily basis. There are ways to document those spaces quickly, economically, safely, and reliably off of a common set of assumptions and off of accurate data and minimize guesswork, minimize the unpleasantness, minimize the risk. And at the end of the day, have a much more successful project and a much more valuable piece of real estate.
1: The world is starting to recognize the value of a digital twin, because ultimately scanning a building, whether it's the exterior or the interior, what you're really creating is a digital twin, you know, ones and zeros of what's existing. And people trusting that that digital twin is accurate. That is to me personally, where I see the myth being is that, oh, the digital twin is not as accurate as having our surveyors out there or having our contractor measure things. So that was a great answer. And I do want to thank you today, Jared, for your thought leadership on the topic of drones and scanning technology. I'd also like to thank our listeners and hope you found this episode to be educational and informative be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify to stay up to date on the latest drone industry insights. So stay tuned. For more information about what we do, please visit connectcore.com. Remember, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. I'm Frank Segarra, and thank you for listening.
0: We hope that everyone has enjoyed and learned something on this episode of Drone Insights and Technology. And until next time, please remember... It's not about the drone, it's about the data.